we can be easily distracted. And so, in a busy and at times noisy world, we lean into the gentle words of a Savior who spoke about coming to and abiding in his deep kind of love. In a city that is buzzing with life and art and culture, but that seems to be still searching for this kind of love, we get to tell our stories of being lost, of being found in all kinds of creative ways, different people, similar themes, same goal, to celebrate being pursued by the one who has not forgotten us, who is alive and in love with us. This is who we are. We are Journey Church Tampa, a collective of believers who have been richly impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ, by stories of faith. So we invite you, come celebrate the one who knows our stories, and yours too, and still wants to be a part of it. You are listening to Journey Church Tampa Podcast. Today, we are going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verse 10 through 13 today. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we can have a seat. Um, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. I thank you for your presence that is already so sweet and so rich in this place, Father. We could go home right now. I just, I'm so thankful for you, Lord. I thank you for, for your loving kindness and for your patience. I pray, as Pastor Joe, I think, prayed this morning, um, that we have just open hearts and open ears, soft hearts, right, Father, to hear the words that, that I'm going to say and all my shortcomings and my whatever it is, Father. I pray that we get past it and we get to the word, Lord. And I thank you and I give you honor. Amen. You can have a seat, and as you do so, give somebody next to you a compliment. Okay, this is not a mini relational break. One compliment. Um, so this morning, um, I'm going to be speaking on, I'm going to be um, continuing in our Gospel Sessions series on identity. Um, and I'm going to just do a short little recap, but before I do that, um, I'm going to ask for, I know that I've seen pictures, and we had a parish group meeting at our house. It was amazing. It was filled with kids. Um, so it's kind of just by applause or clapping or something. Um, has The ones that attended the parish group, did you guys have a great time this past week? They were good. They were good. They were good. Um, and I know that, that it's easy to like to discard us when we come up here and we say, you don't want to miss it. Um, but let me just say, you, if, if you, for some reason, we're not able to attend, um, you don't want to miss it. It is a time that really we can just get together. We're in, we eat, we discuss, we have fun, um, we get in the Word, we pray, we're done. But, but these times um, are something that, that you just don't get when you're here on Sunday morning. So you do not want to miss it. Um, now to recap... 
the identity series that we've been talking about. Um, if you've been here with us over the last four or five, six weeks, um, you have heard us speaking on identity. Um, and our identity, what it, what it means, what it is, um, our identity should not be something that we hold up when we introduce ourselves. It should not be something that we hold up when we want to um, impress people, intimidate people, when we want to move relationships along, hold people back. It, these are not what our identity is. Our identity is something that we should hold up and point to the Lord. I was broken, but the Lord restored me. I was ashamed, but the Lord healed me. I was full of hate, but the Lord, he changed me. Whatever it is, I was this, then the Lord, he changed me. He came in and he rearranged me. That is what our identity is. Um, Any of those things that we put up to disqualify ourselves or excuse ourselves, the Lord is big enough to turn it around and to do the opposite. On the flip side, as I said just a minute ago, all those things I held up was negative, um, bitter and hate and envy, those things are negative. I could have said, we are not our greatest successes and accomplishments. Um, Henry Nouwen says, Jesus came to announce us that an identity based on success, popularity, and power is a false identity, an illusion. Loudly and clearly, he says, you are not what the world makes you, but you are children of God. This morning, I'm going to be speaking of being a child of God. And what does that mean? Um, I'll be talking about being a child of God, that we are not orphans. We are not outcasts. We are not any of those things that we tell ourselves, that we listen to the world tell us. We are children of God, which is a great big, great big umbrella covering. Um, So what does that mean? Let's get to it. What does that mean? Um, What does the concept of being a child of God mean? Um, Number one, I think it means that we are loved without end. There is nothing that you can do today or tomorrow or yesterday or last week that could ever make the Lord love you any less. He loves us with an unconditional kind of love. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I don't think we, and, and I'm saying me, I don't think I fully understand that statement. I don't think I understand that statement. I don't understand that kind of love. Um, I'm a mother. Um, I'm a mother of four children. We have two extra children at home, so I'm a mother of six um, and a dog. Um, I, I like to think that I love unconditionally, but I don't even think I understand that kind of love. That's above and beyond what we love. Um, it's a love that breaks down walls, that is willing to persist until I let go of that thinking back. And I think I, in my notes, I highlighted persist because that's the thing I think a lot of us is that we'll put ourselves out there, like put our little toe in the water. And then if no one comes and gives us love, we'll bring it back like no one loves me. But this means the Lord is persisting us. He's pursuing us. He loves us so much. Um, we, I my notes, we are loved. My children, a lot of times, mostly my girls, I have two boys and two girls. Actually, I have four boys in my home now and two girls. Um, my girls were my youngest. Just on the way to the, to the church this morning, one of my girls says, I'm going to tell dad and to, to one of the boys. And a lot of times, mostly it's my girls that will say, I'm going to tell dad. I'm going to tell dad. And sometimes the boys will be like, okay, like they'll give in. But sometimes we're getting now like, tell dad, I don't care. Let's tell him and let's see what happens. But, but they're, they will, it's not, it's, they're not afraid to say, I'm going to tell dad because they know that their dad has their back. Um, they know it. That's, that's how we should be. We can be like, okay, fear. I'm going to tell my dad. Um, but we don't sometimes. Um, 
Number two is we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 25 says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The first part really was, was, was what I was focusing on, but the second part I added, because it is one of my favorite verses. To think that the Lord gives us his peace, and his peace looks different than what the world says peace looks like. His peace is different than what our sense of peace looks like. He goes above and beyond. Um, and that is the ultimate, I was thinking about, that would be the ultimate nighttime prayer, like when I pray, if I prayed with my children, like, now let me down to sleep. That would be like, if I redid it over again, I would pray this prayer. Like, peace I give to you. The Lord gives you his peace. Um, there is nothing that we can be afraid of with the Holy Spirit with us. There's nothing that we can worry about knowing that the Holy Spirit, the helper, he is there for us. We are assured of a helper, a comforter when times are hard, a companion in the Holy Spirit. And that is the gift that the Lord gave us. Um, we are also secured of our future. Charles Spurgeon says, The man is like a watch which has a new mainspring, not a mere face and hands repaired, but new inward machinery with freshly adjusted works, which act to a different time and tune. And whereas he went wrong before, now he goes right, because he is right within. Knowing that our future is secured, that we are right within, is a promise to us. It is one thing that we don't have to worry about. I'm right within. The Lord is with me. I'm right. I'm right. I know where my future is, and I know whose I am. John 12, John 1, 12 through 13. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So now that we know that we're loved without end, and we see the Holy Spirit, and we, we are secure to our future, what does it look like, and how do we walk in that role? Well, I think first, um, we have to accept it. And that, I think, when I was talking my notes about that, that's a hard one. We have to accept it. It's there, it's for us. Lord's saying, here it is. How many times we just do not accept it? Um, in verse 12, notice in verse 12, we were given the right to become children of God. We don't have to accept it. He's not forcing it on us. The Lord doesn't do that. We have to accept the right or accept the offer to become a child of God. We can, through our pride, our indifference, or even our ignorance, reject that offer. The Lord never forced himself on us. Um, unlike our natural children, who did not ask to be born into our family, um, and were not given the choice, we were given that choice. Um, not so much anymore. My children, are, they're, every once in a while they try it, but they don't try it very often. When they were little, they used to say, and we would tell them no, then I'm going to go live with so-and-so. And so-and-so usually was the Bolins. I knew live the Mullins. And we, our answer would be, fine. They already have so many, they're, they're not going to know us, but see if they're going to give in to you, then we do. Fine, do it. It was always, oh, it was the Bolins. We, we, they didn't have a choice. We have a choice. And, and I'm, my prayer for us, and I'm praying for my, myself also, my prayer is that we take that, that we accept that offer that the Lord is giving to us. Um, once we accept Jesus in our hearts, we ask him to be our Lord and Savior. And then we have that right to be called his children. And that includes all the things the Lord promises us. And that includes um, peace in our household, joy, contentment, patience, kindness, 
Um, not just when things are good and, and life's looking good, um, but when things are not going our way and they just feel like I can't take another thing. Um, we can still walk in peace and joy and contentment, knowing the Lord walks with us. He promises us all these things and so much more. We have to accept it. Um, an analogy, it, it would almost be like someone to pay me and Michael go, go to Burns and just order this meal. Um, and, you know, if you've been at Burns, you get this, all this food. And it would almost be like eating the salad and eating the soup and the sides, but feeling like I'm not worthy to eat the steak, which I don't eat steak, so I would get the crab cakes. But it would be like eating all this stuff, but not feel like I'm worthy to eat the main course, the, what you go to Burns for. That's what we're doing. We're, we're taking, okay, I'll take this from the Lord. I'll take this, but I can't accept that I'm your daughter. Like, that's what we're doing when we don't accept it. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, some of you probably have heard this. Uh, a couple of years ago, we would tell our conversion story. Um, and then we would also tell the story of, like, how we got here. Um, so my story... Um, it starts kind of sad, but I promise you it's going to get, it gets better. Um, so I, I was born in Detroit, Detroit, Michigan. Um, it's me, my mom, and my sister. Um, my father passed away when I was a baby. I wasn't even one, and he passed away. So it was always me, my mom, my sister. Um, my mom, for reasons that she has, chose not to get remarried. She didn't, didn't want to. Um, so when we were young, I think we were probably, I was probably four, she would put us on it, and busing was big, busing to churches were big back then, um, in the city. So she put us on a bus, I remember thinking, when she told me this later, I was four, she put us on a bus to go to church, and she didn't go with us, like she put us on a bus and sent us. Now I'm thinking, what were you thinking? But she did it, she sent us on a bus. And we went to church for, I think, two years, she eventually came with us um, to this church, the pastor at the time had a heart for missions. He loved Turkey. Um, so him and his wife went to Turkey. When, when he left, we left, which happens a lot of sometimes. Um, I think I was maybe seven. We, went, we left. Um, we did not go back to church. So I was not raised in church. We didn't go back to church until the same pastor came back to the States and opened a church directly in front of our house. Like, we couldn't have missed it. Like, it was like the Lord saying, okay, you won't go to these churches, but I'm going to put one right here for you. It was literally in front of us. Like, we didn't go to church. The pastor came every Sunday asking, why are you not at church? So we got back in that church. Um, and that's a church where I met my husband. And thankfully, that's a church that just the Lord was put there for us. Um, but because I did not grow up in church, and I didn't have a father, it was hard for me when the pastor or the communicator would say, God is your father. And to me, I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, I, I, being just honest, I had no idea what that meant because I didn't have that. I didn't have it in my life. So I didn't understand it. Um, I struggled with it. And I can say I did not accept this. This is why this was like so big for me. I didn't accept it probably until my early 20s. Like, like we were married. Um, Michael was a father. We had children. And I still didn't understand until I thought, okay, Lord, this is ridiculous. I, I knew the Lord as my Lord, and, and he's the king, and he's a provider. But as a father, he, he wasn't that to me because I wouldn't let him until I let him. And now it's like, okay, Lord, you are my father, and I can speak about this because he is that good, and he is my father, which is what he can be for all of us. Um, 
John, 1 John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The King James Version puts it like this. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. There is so much in this first half of the verse, not even the whole verse, first half of the verse, um, that should bring us joy and amazement and just contentment and bewilderment. Bewilderment. Here the word bestowed, um, it, it brings to mind a couple different things to me. Um, first, one of the translations of bestowed means to lavish on. The Lord is lavishing his love on us that he makes us his sons and his daughters and all that entails, all of it entails. Thinking of bestowing something on someone, I think of almost giving a gift. Like we give a gift to somebody, I give a gift. It's not, I don't give a gift wanting something in return. I'm doing it because I love that person and I'm giving, I'm giving something to them. Um, it reminds me of our gift giving at Christmas. So when we, we have a big family, we sit around Christmas, the, 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 the room, we have Christmas tree, all, all the presents. We will do a random number generator to see who, who, who picks a gift first to give a gift. So the person who gets number two, they'll, they'll pick a gift to give the gift. The kids, bless their hearts, they're always like, give mom a gift, give mom a gift, or give, give, give dad a gift. We don't want to give the gifts. We want to see the, or get the gifts. We want to see the children get the get the gifts. We want to be giving the gifts. That's what the Lord is doing. Like he's lavishing his love on us so much that he just wants to keep giving and keep giving and keep giving. Here the Lord is loving us and he's not timid or shy about it. He is declaring for all to hear, see here, or as I would say to my children, are you listening to me? Sometimes look me in the face, look in my eyes. Are you listening to me? Um, So let's take a minute to see who is declaring this. Who is saying the Lord is saying this? The Lord is saying it. Um, it is one thing for us to call ourselves something. Um, it doesn't make it so all the time. We can call ourselves a lot of things and make it so. Negative or positive. Um, but every once in a while, one of my kids at the daycare, um, they will call, and this is usually a man that comes in to get their children, um, not this child's father, but they will call this random man dad. And the dad, without fail, will be like, I'm not your dad. Like, it's funny to me, like, I'm not your dad, which we all know he's not his dad, but like, he has to like, make sure the child knows, I'm not your dad. Um, that's not what the Lord is doing. The Lord is saying, you are my children, you are my child, and I am so proud of you, and I love you so much. When we look at who is calling us sons and daughters, we should be amazed to be included in that descriptor. Me, a sinner who loses my patience all too often when I'm driving, who gets very short when I'm tired or hungry, um, the Lord is calling me that. He's calling me his child, his daughter. Um, The Lord is saying, you are sinner. You who are sinners, I have loved you and I have chosen you. You are my son and you are my daughter. Charles Person also says, there you poor people that love me, you sick people, you unknown, obscure people without any talent. I have published it before heaven and earth and made the angels know it. You are my children. I am not ashamed of you. I glory in the fact that you have taken, that I have taken you for my sons and my daughters. We also have to trust. Um, the utter dependence that our children have on us as parents is amazing to me. It's astounding. Um, sometimes it is done correctly and it's done right, um, unfortunately, and it's not. I, I'm not naive enough to think that all children grow up in a healthy and loving household. I, I know that doesn't happen. Um, but in a perfect world, children 
get their confidence and their trust from their parents. Um, I read somewhere one time, and it, it, it just kind of struck with me. Um, children get their sense of trust from their parents. And that is true. Um, I have recently started volunteering for the Garden Lighting Program. In our, in our training, they were saying most children, given the option, when they were taken from a home, most children given the option of going back to this broken home or going to a, a family or a non-family member, they're going to choose this broken home, which is heartbreaking, but this broken home is what's known, and it is what's familiar, and it is what's comfortable. They're going to choose this. Um, these people that have had their, their parents, take, these children take parents away from them, they're going back there. Um, we, children, us, crave that sense of familiarity and that sense of home. And thankfully, we have that, and we have it in a perfect and loving God. We don't have to choose this wrong or this lesser wrong. We get to choose this perfect, loving God. We, but we have to trust, um, which can be a very hard thing to do. Um, I've previously spoken, I'm not sure I've spoken here, but I know I did at Central City. Um, I have spoken on trusting in the Lord. What does that mean? How, what does that look like? Um, so I'm not going to repeat everything because just we hear double long. Um, but, but one thing that, that when I was studying for it really stuck out with me um, with trusting in the Lord is the Lord is asking me to give him my everything and to trust him, to trust that he will, one, care for it better than I could and I ever could. Number two, he's going to love it more than I can. And that is big. That, that, that's trusting. We're trusting the Lord, saying, okay, Lord, you have this. You can do it more than I can. You can do it better than I can. I'm going to give it to you, whatever that may be. Um, we also must extend grace, which grace to others and also grace to ourselves. Um, I am not one to say that I deserve anything or that the situation is unfair. I I remember I was praying one time um, to the Lord, and I said, like, in my prayer, I was saying, like, I deserve this, Lord. And he instantly shut me down and says, you don't deserve anything, because I don't deserve anything. Um, I, and I know I, I don't. Like, my sin, I, the Lord gives it to us, but deserve is the wrong word to use. But to say, in my mind, I think, because to say deserve something, it's as if, we're good enough, we're, we, we've done enough, we've worked enough to get this, or we can't have it because the Lord doesn't want us to have it. That's to me what, the reason why I don't say it. Um, however, here I'm saying that you do deserve to be called a child of God. I'm giving you permission to own that name, to own that calling. It goes back to acceptance. Um, nothing you did, again, nothing you did this morning or last night or last week can keep you from being called a child of God. Thankfully, thankfully. Um, Beth Moore puts it like this. You are not defined by anything that happened to you or anything you have done. You are defined by who you are in Christ. You are God's beloved child. And reading that and knowing that, that there's nothing I can do, and he still loves me, it just takes a, a, a burden, a weight off. Um, in this thing, we are deserving. Too often we, again, me, um, I was very quick to discount myself from something because I saw myself as not worthy. I saw it as no one really cares if I get it or not. Like, no one cares um, this dream that I have. No one cares. Um, but because I didn't know that my opinions mattered, I didn't know that I could have it or that anyone, the Lord, anyone, cared enough about my opinions or my dreams to know them. Stacey Eldred, in her book, Captivating, says, aware of our deep failings, we pour contentment on our own hearts 
for wanting more. Oh, we long for intimacy and for adventure. We long to be the beauty of some great story, but the desires set deep in our hearts seem like a luxury, granted only those women who get their acts together, women or men, get their acts together. This is the antithesis of what the Lord is saying. He is not saying, oh, Val, you messed up here, so because you did this, I can't now do this, or Val, you didn't do this, so now when you need me next time, I'm sorry, I'm not there. We're, we're not that way with our children. Um, and I go back to this example. My husband has used this before. You probably have heard it, maybe not. Um, but he'll say, when our kids come with report cards, we don't tell them, okay, you got a C, so I'm only going to feed you on Monday and Tuesday, but the rest of the week, you're, you know, you're, you're out of luck. He doesn't do that. We're, we as parents don't do that. So if we as parents don't do that, and our example is the Lord, he doesn't do that. He doesn't look at us and say, okay, you failed here, so I'm not going to do this. He looks and says, okay, you, fa- you failed here. He, he's, he corrects us. You did fail here, but next time you're going to do better because now you know. Next time you're going to do this because you do know. Um, Tim Tebow says, this is for you, John. I'm so thankful because of my relationship with Jesus Christ and being adopted in the family of God that I don't have to live the highs and the lows and the roller coaster that the rest of the world lives on because I know where my identity lies. My identity lies as a child of God and that's something that will never be shaken. That's it. We know our identity is in the Lord. We have to accept it. We have to trust it. We don't have to earn it. And I think that is probably the biggest. We don't have, it's not something that you have to earn. It's given to us. It's given freely to us. 